Welcome to Go Church Beirut. Your place to love, grow, and go. Get ready to hear an inspiring message recorded during a Go Church Beirut gathering. Rooted 2.0. What's the 2.0 for? That's a good question, isn't it? You know, um, we've actually done a series entitled Rooted Before. Uh, when we were talking about how to plan for this uh, series of messages, uh, I really wanted to go back to this topic called Rooted, but I wanted to take it a little further. And so uh, we shared in our WhatsApp group an article that Gilbert actually uh, wrote for the Rama World uh, newsletter uh, that went out. If you haven't seen that, you can contact us and we can get you a copy of that. Um, but that was really kind of, that started that started us thinking this way. But then two weeks ago, if you were here with us uh, when Pastor Joel Sims was here, he shared a message called Emerge. And so we had planned the series ahead of time, but then that message came out and I said, this is perfect timing because we can spend the whole month of May practically looking at how to apply this word that we heard. Now, if you haven't listened to that or if you've only heard it one time, then I want to encourage you to visit our website, gochurch.cc forward slash Beirut. You can find it right there on the homepage. And in the podcast section, you can just look for the Emerge message. And I would encourage you to listen to it again. If you've not listened to it, listen to it for the first time. Don't just let it play in the background, but write things down that stand out to you. You know, the Bible tells us that if we want to succeed, we need to put God's Word first. In fact, the recipe for biblical success is constantly thinking on and following the Word of God. And in fact, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it says, if you want to prosper, do well. Does anyone want to prosper and do well? No one would say, I don't want to prosper and do well, right? I want to prosper and do well in life. The Bible says, if we want to do that, then we should believe the prophetic word that comes from the Lord. And so this uh, message series, I believe, is right on time for us as a church, and we're going to spend the whole month of May digging into how to make that practical. So I want to look at some verses today, and we're going to introduce this subject. But to begin with, let's pray. Bow your heads with me, and let's look to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together to mix our voices together in praise to you and to open your precious, holy written word. And we trust the Holy Spirit today to live big on the inside of us, to be our teacher and to be our guide and to unveil truth to us so that we can walk in it. And Lord, we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you're not limited to what I say today. Uh, the Spirit of God is at work, and He's been speaking all morning long. 
the things that uh, Gilbert shared, I thought, well, if he just shared a couple of the verses, we could just finish because he was uh, starting on my notes. I was uh, reading a, a post uh, on Facebook yesterday from Rafi, and I thought, Rafi is posting my notes on Facebook. The Spirit of God is working to get a truth over to us. Why? Because he has something for us, because it's time for us to emerge, to become visible, to become prominent, <laughs> and to be in a position to help this nation recover from a difficult situation. Man, I'm so excited about that. I'm having trouble concentrating. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's look at this verse. This is our key verse. Um, we put the short one on the, um, on the sheet. But I, wanna, I want us to read this. Um, I want us to read this verse. It says in Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, it says, So this is my message to you. To who? To the church. Huh, okay, so this is my message to you because you have already received Christ. Okay, so now we're getting specific. Paul is making a message to the church. Specifically, he's talking to people who have already received Christ. How many of us could lift their hands and say, I have already received Christ? I've received Christ. If you haven't, you can have the opportunity to do that today. It's real easy. doesn't hurt at all. But this message is not for someone else. Everything we share today, the things that we talk about in our podcast, the things that we get in our grow groups, this is for you. Say, it's for me. It's for me. He says, this is my message, because you've already received Christ as your Lord, continue to live in him. You have been rooted, that sounds like the title, you have been rooted in him, so now what? Grow up in him. That's what we want to talk about this whole month, grow up in him. Let's, let's look at 1 John, 1 John chapter... Uh, yeah. Spiritual growth, we'll come back to this, but spiritual growth is expected. Paul said this to the church. He said, you've received Christ. You're not done yet. Now, grow up. Grow up. Spiritual growth is expected, but it is not automatic, and it's also not assumed. And we're going to go through just a series of verses here that talk about this truth. 1 John chapter 2, really, we, we kind of get into this more in the podcast. I'm not going to take a lot of time with it. But John writes to three groups. You look at this verse, you see, he says, Dear children fathers, and young men. Think about this. There's some similarities between dear children, young men, and fathers, right? If you think about it, all of those can eat ice cream. 
But one group probably can't handle very much. One group can eat as much as possible. And one group probably knows when to stop. Maybe this is a bad illustration. <laughs> All of this, every one of these need to take a bath. One of them, they need help taking a bath, right? Because otherwise they'll drown. <laughs> one of them, they have to be reminded. Like we have kids. We constantly remind them, encourage them, prompt them. <laughs> Go take a bath. <laughs> and then one group, they know, I stink. I need to do something about this. What is the difference? There's some similarities. What's the difference? There's a process of maturity that has happened. There's something very different between a young man and a father, right? And it has to do with responsibility and maturity. And it's not automatic. It's also, especially spiritually, we see the apostles, they didn't assume that, well, these folks all received Jesus, so if they got anything, they should be good. No. In fact, Paul spent time praying that Christ would be formed in the people that he led to Jesus and that he started a church with. Why? Because there's a message. Now you've received Christ. Great. Now grow up. Go through a process of maturity. Look at, um, look at this. We see these like three characteristics. Can we get at least a little bit of an awe? Awe. Characteristics of babies. Babies are cute, right? There's three things that you could use to describe any baby. Innocent, right? Ignorant, not being mean. There's just things that the baby doesn't even know that they don't know. And then they tend to be irritable. We were flying once, and there was this little kid, and he was upset. He was tired. He didn't want to be there, and he let everybody know. And I looked at that little boy, and I thought, I know exactly how you feel. But I wasn't doing what he was doing. I wanted to. I felt the same. But there was something that kept me from doing it. She's sitting on the front row. But <laughs> babies, they're ignorant. They're just they're things that they don't know. We had a little baby that was living in our home. We had two babies living in our home. One had a baby. <laughs> this was years and years ago when we were still living in the States. And this little kid, he was, I don't know, a couple of months old. And he discovered that he had feet. Once he discovered he had feet, he put them in his mouth. Feet don't go in your mouth. But he didn't know that. Why? Because he's a baby. Guess what happens when we receive Jesus and we're born again? We are born as babies, and we share some of these characteristics. Have you ever seen irritable Christians? Ignorant Christians? Let's move to the next slide. <laughs> characteristics of a baby. We can also see characteristics of children. Three things that we could say are characteristics of childhood are 
children tend to be unsteady. You ever see a little child start to learn to walk? Balance is something that you have to learn and develop. In fact, just because you walk doesn't mean you have really good balance. Try walking on a single beam. One meter up from the air. <laughs> balance is something that we have to develop. And children tend to be unsteady. Children are also naturally curious, right? You'll see little kids ask questions. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And then children do tend to be talkative. If we apply this to the Christian life, have you ever known someone, not you, but have you ever known someone, not that's here today, I'm talking about other people, that today they're super interested in the book of Revelation. And tomorrow, they want to know everything about Noah's Ark. And the next day, it's something else. Because they're curious. And that's fine. That's just part of being a kid. Nothing wrong with it. It's a stage of development. One of the things that uh, in the article that Gilbert wrote, he said, if you, if you look at the way a cedar tree starts to grow roots, those roots grow in every direction. A root grows over here, and then a root grows over here. It's everywhere. But at some point, it starts growing up. And when it grows up, it's growing in a direction. One direction. And then, what are some characteristics of maturity? Spiritually mature people, specifically. I chose this picture because, to me, this, this is the posture of someone that's spiritually mature. The posture of maturity is there's someone that knows more than me. There's something that knows more than me. I don't have all of the answers, but I know where to get them. Spiritual maturity, we could say the characteristics of spiritual maturity are valuing things of the earth lightly. Dead, kind of immune to rebuke and to praise. And the ability to recognize God at work. Have you ever been to a funeral and tried to insult the person that died? They don't care. Have you ever been to a funeral and tried to compliment the person? You sure do look nice today. They don't care. A real good test for you, not for your neighbor, a real good test for you is, what is it that you crave? What is it that you, like, oh, I would really love fill in the blank. When I was in Bible school, um, I went to Rama way back in the 1900s. And we had an instructor. Uh, I, I guess we were in the same class. Uh, I had an instructor. He said this, and it has never left me. He asked, he says, 
how do you do or how, 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 do you, how do you respond when you're forgotten, when people leave you out, when they forget to recognize you? How are you doing then? Spiritual maturity develops an immunity for the praise of people. And then the ability to see God at work, the ability to recognize gold in people rather than spot problems. It's easy sometimes to see, oh, this person's wrong, that person's wrong, this person's wrong. What about seeing what could be? seeing who they could be if they emerge into what God has called them to. And how can we help them do that? Those are some characteristics of spiritual maturity. And all three of those, uh, all three of those characteristics and those three individual characteristics come from the book Growing Up Spiritually. This is available online. You can order it on Amazon. Uh, I don't have copies here. I would sell them to you. But... This is also a class at Rama Bible Training College um, that for those of you that sign up, you'll be able to take advantage of. So now I want to move to Hebrews chapter 5. And I, want to, uh, I want to look at this one kind of key element here. Hebrews chapter 5 says, though by this time you ought to be teachers or mature, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. When do you learn elementary things? When you're at university or when you're just starting out? See, there's this progress. There is a process that we're to go through, and there is an expectation that we grow up. Why? Babies are fun. Kids are fun. But at some point, we need mature people to accomplish things that need to be done. I used this illustration on Wednesday. I'll repeat it if you were with us. Um, bridges, for example, are super necessary. They allow you to go from one side to the other. But when you're in the middle of the bridge, that's when you suddenly realize, I sure hope whoever built this was paying attention. They did some math. They worked out that it will hold my weight and the weight of whoever else is in here. Kids invent elaborate games and have lots of fun, but at some point you need some mature people to stand up and say, I think we can put all of these elements together and build a bridge. And we need to make it like this. There's a need for us spiritually to grow up. Why? Because God has plans for Go Church Beirut to affect not just your life and your house, 
but this nation. Not just this nation, but from this nation, this region. And to do that, he needs some mature people. We need to grow up. Paul said, by this time, you should be mature. Time is not a measure of spirituality. Well, I was born again in 1995. Oh, yeah? Well, I was born again in 1990. Well, I have you all be. I was born again in 1978. And that doesn't mean anything. Time is not a measure of spirituality. So what is? And what's the answer? Especially what's the answer with this group that, uh, that the uh, writer of Hebrews is talking to? He said, you should be, but you're not. So he says, here, you need milk. What do you do with babies to make them grow? Give them hamburgers from McDonald's? No. You give them milk. What happens if you give babies milk? They grow. He said, you need milk, not solid food. Look at this. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. To grow up spiritually, to begin that process, we start with roots, right? We get rooted in Jesus. But he says here, if you're going to start growing up, you need to understand righteousness, the teaching about righteousness. Why? Well, for one thing, righteousness takes my eyes off me. Characteristics of spiritual maturity is I'm not focused on me. Characteristics of the mature person that's growing up means I'm not focused. Hey, did you see what I did? Do you see, you see that? No. No, I need to get acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. What's the teaching about righteousness? God was in Jesus reconciling the whole world to himself. He laid all of my badness on Jesus so that I could be made his righteousness. God poured my sin into Jesus so that I can be righteous in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that God made Jesus to be sin for me so that I can be made his righteousness. If you believe that, problems start looking small. If you believe that, you pray different. If you believe that, you begin to mature spiritually. You go from, oh God, let me convince you to do this for me. To, 
Like God said to Abraham, shall I hide from you what I do in the earth? And prayer becomes a conversation between father and son, father and daughter. Understanding righteousness develops a place for us to grow. It is so important for us to develop roots in the fact that we are righteous, to become established in righteousness. That's what the scripture says. It become established in righteousness. The way to grow from babyhood to childhood, from childhood to maturity, is to become established in righteousness. Look at this. Verse 14, solid food is for the mature who by constant use. I want to talk just a moment about constant use. It says here that solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves. Nothing wrong with asking a brother for help, but maturity is about training yourself. How? Through constant use. Constant use of what? The truth. Constant use. Is constant use once a month? Is constant use once a week? Is constant use five minutes in the morning? What about an hour in the morning? Spiritually mature people are those who make time and make space in their day, in their life, to apply the truth. How do you go from being a baby to spiritually mature? Constant use. There's a pastor in the United States, he makes this comment. He says, if you want to be a spiritual person, do spiritual things today. And then do it again tomorrow. And then do it again the next day. If you think about it, that's how you get in shape, right? It's not go one day to the gym it's do it consistently, constant use, constantly applying God's word to every situation. A situation comes up, circumstance comes up. What is the truth about this? What does God's word say about this? Constant use of the truth puts us in a place where we can grow and develop spiritually. Now, in Ephesians, this is again on the same theme. You see, Paul, he didn't assume that any of these churches that he established were finished maturing. He said here, he said, no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people and deceitful scheming. 
You ever met people like that? Up one day, down the next. You meet them, you think, I don't know which, which one is there today. This might be the happy version. This might be the sad version. Same thing as when people get into different kinds of teaching. Oh, uh, everything's a demon. Nope, everything is God's judgment. Spiritually mature people are those who work on themselves. One of the things that we're working with our Go Church calendar is to invite everyone to become self-feeders. To look to the Word of God for themselves. We just had a, uh, for, to me, a really great testimony from our grow group um, in Ashrafia. A person came to the grow group and they had a question about the Bible, about Christian living. They took that question to the person leading the grow group, which in this case was Roy. And Roy didn't say, well, this is my opinion. This is what Pastor Matt thinks about it. This is what Pastor Matt thinks about it. This is what Rama says about it. He said, well, just look at what the Bible says and spend some time looking at these scriptures. And he did. Until he got to the place where he saw the truth of that in the scripture, and then he described it to me like this. He said, it was like fire on the inside of me. I couldn't wait to do it. So he went from a question, hmm, I don't know about this, to spending time with God's word until it got inside and he could respond in faith. You know, that same process will work in any area for any person. And that is an example of being a self-feeder or training yourself through constant use of the Scripture. Ephesians goes on. He says, instead... Instead of being an infant, instead of being tossed to and fro, instead of being up one down, up one day and down the next, instead of that, do this. Which we could sum up by saying grow up, but he says here practically, speak the truth in love. Grow, become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. That's the goal. Our goal is to grow up in him, to grow up and look like him. Here's the good news, and this is why it starts with the teaching of righteousness. He's on the inside of you. Speak the truth in love. You know what is not the truth? I can't remember. I try to remember verses and I just can't remember. 
That's not the truth. There are no Bible verses that support that. What the Bible does say is that the life of God is on the inside of you. Well, it's one thing, you know, people talk about forgiveness, but I can't forgive. I just, I can't. I can't. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the forgiver lives on the inside of you. And his nature has been spilled on the inside of you, poured out. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. How much of what you say about you to you can you find in Scripture? How many Bible verses could you find to support how you describe you? Oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I can't do that. Well, if you're saying I can't doubt or fail, I would agree with you. Oh, I wish I was as smart as this person. I wish I was as gifted as that person. The Bible says that Jesus has made you able The Bible says that God made you able to take part of his nature. How do I grow up spiritually? Well, I start putting what he says about me in my mouth. Oh, I went too far. I couldn't believe I found this picture. When I talked about craving things, when I was a kid, I craved my driver's license. I was driving on anyway, but I really wanted, I really wanted a, a car and I wanted a truck because it's where I grew up. So this is a 1978 Chevy pickup. May not look like much to you, but I have a lot of good memories. <laughs> Never could get all the rust off the front bumper, no matter how much paint I put on it. Now, I already showed you what was the, the next slide, which is um, the interior. This truck had a lot of cool factors to me. Like, I liked it. Had a toolbox. I had stuff in my toolbox. Jumper cables, <laughs> had a big chain. That's just me. It's where I grew up. This truck had a lot of features, even had a really cool radio that I installed myself with one speaker and a cassette deck. But what it did not have was an automatic transmission. The gear shifter you see there on the uh, steering wheel, that was still manual. So we called it three on the tree. So uh, my dad came to pick me up from driver's ed. I was 16 years old. And I finished at the top of my driver's ed class. <laughs> so 
That meant me and two other people, we didn't have to take our driving test. We actually walked out of class with our like permit and all we had to do is wait. I had to wait until I was old enough that I could go and take my exam, which was for me, uh, because I'd already passed, all I had to do was fill out a form and I get my license. So there were probably about 40 other kids that were all waiting for their parents to pick them up. And I was first. I was the first in my class, and I was the first to be picked up. So I boldly walk out, and I walk to the driver's door where my dad is sitting. And I just point. So my dad scoots over, and I get in the driver's seat. And I could not make that truck move. I had driven that truck thousands of miles before that day, and I could not get it into gear, and I could not keep it running. I kept killing it. Every, it was miserable. I will never forget that. Talk about embarrassing moments. I don't know how long I had driven that truck before. I learned to drive a manual transmission when I was, I don't know, uh, 10. But that day, I could not shift the gear at all. I couldn't get it into gear. Once I got it into gear, I was letting the clutch out too fast and it would just die. And so my dad just, he doesn't say anything, he just gets out and he walks, he walks around and then he points. And then I have to slide over. Man, if there was ever a great time for the rapture, that was it. But it didn't happen. So all this truck's features, it was so cool, but it was not an automatic. Spiritual growth is expected, but it is not automatic. And, you know, you, you were saying you have an activation problem. Gilbert was saying an activation problem. It's, it's about shifting. There was nothing wrong with the truck. That truck had like 20,000 original miles on it. It's 10 years old. It was perfect. Man, I wish I had it. There was nothing wrong with the pickup. There was definitely something wrong with the guy behind the wheel. <laughs> and the problem was the shifting. The problem was getting it in gear. There were, some, there were some things that I had to do to make it move. This month, in our grow groups, that's what we're going to be looking at. There are some things that we need to do to make, make our spiritual life move, to go from where we are, wherever we are, there's nothing wrong with where we are, to where he wants us to be. Spiritual growth is not measured by seniority, but it's about being fruitful. And this is what we're going to look at in our grow groups. It's actually in Galatians. Um, well, in John, we mentioned this in the podcast about bearing much fruit. But uh, in Galatians, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit. 
I'm sorry, the fruit of the Spirit. We talk about, and you hear us pray about the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There are nine of those, but there are nine fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, what is that? Well, fruit is the result of roots, but it's also the product of maturity. And in spiritual life, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Be nice if they'd left the last one off, right? How about eight fruit of the Spirit? Fruit are the result of the Spirit of God having place in our life where we constantly use the truth of God's Word to evaluate situations and call it what it is. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this a lie? Or is this truth? And the product of that can be seen in fruit that hangs in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience. These are the things that we're going to get into in our grow group, in our studies. And I want to encourage you, don't let this be a one-time-per-month event. Go Church is a groups-based church on purpose. And the purpose is that's where we get to grow together because it allows us to have these authentic relationships to know one another, to hold each other accountable, and help us as we grow together in him. In just a moment, Chance is going to come, and he's going to make this practical for us for today. But I just want to encourage you, these three keys to be fruitful. Starts with roots. What are you rooted in? You know, I don't know a lot about plants and flowers. We have some. They smell nice. But I do know if you keep moving a plant around, it's not going to grow. It won't mature. Part of being developed in who God has called you to be is getting in your place. That's why we say Go Church is your place. Maybe Go Church is not your place. And if it's not, then you need to find your place because that's where you want to develop roots. And roots then put us in a place where we can practice speaking the truth, finding an agreement with what God's word says about us and what we say about us. And then constant use. That's living in community, not just on a monthly basis, not even just on a weekly basis in a grow group, but doing life together as a family of believers. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Go Church Beirut. Go Church Beirut exists so that everyone can experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to their world. To stay connected with all that is happening at Go Church, 
follow us on social media at Go Church Beirut. And if no one told you yet today, we love you and expect God's best for you.